Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it is great to have you here with us on our show today. Our show today Brought to you by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. All right, as we dive into our show today, again, Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on all things Duke Athletics. We appreciate being your first listen each and every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, or make sure you check us out on YouTube as well. We're launching into the YouTube space coming the new year, so go ahead and subscribe to us over there. My personal Twitter account at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer and the Durham Herald Sun joins our program. Want to talk a little bit about everything going on in the Duke Athletics world. As again, we've uh, got this football coaching search currently taking place along with Duke basketball. Eight games into the year and everything that Steve Wiseman has to say about Duke athletics here so far in this 2021-22 college basketball season. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Listening once again to Locked On Blue Devils. So excited to be joined today by Steve Wiseman of the Raleigh News and Observer. He's been on the program several times at this point and just happy to have him back now that we've actually got real basketball games to recap and that sort of thing. So, Steve, again, thank you for the time. How are you doing? I'm doing well, JJ. It's uh, it's a, a, a slow time for basketball because they got a couple weeks off from games here. But of course, the f- football thing is uh, propping up here. So it's been busier than what I thought it was going to be when this schedule came out. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. We <laughs> see the two weeks off. We know the final exam period going on for Duke and and figured, OK, we'll be able to recap a lot of basketball news. And let's start with football, because now they've got to find a new football head coach. We're recording this on, on Wednesday afternoon, set to be released tomorrow. So by the time this airs, Steve, we could have a whole bunch of new updates to go. Uh, but let's just look back at the 14 years for David Cutcliffe leading that Duke football program. What are going to be some of the bigger things that stand out to you? Because, again, you've been covering this team for over a decade. You've spent many moments and many conversations with Coach Cutcliffe. What are going to be some of those things that you remember? Yeah, I mean, just that, you know, um, early on when I came onto the beat, uh, they were still in the throes of losing season after losing season. The first two seasons I covered them, they were 3-9, and and 3-9 and in 2010-2011. So, you know, you started to wonder, was this going to work? And, you know, it, obviously he was a, a good coach. He had a good staff, but the results weren't there on the field. And I remember talking to Kevin White uh, in the summer of 2012 and saying, hey, like his contract's going to be up soon. You know, what, what's your, what are your thoughts? And he said, David's here. He's fine. The program is ahead of what the record shows. He was adamant about that. And that year they broke the bull, the bull drought. They went, right. you know, they beat Carolina went to the Belk Bowl, um, and then the next year they won the Coastal. On and on we went. They had six bowl games in seven years. So um, just that that he did it, that he did the job he was brought there to do. Now, in the end, they re- they regressed back to kind of where they were when he arrived, but but um, uh, on the field anyway. But as far as 
him coming in there and elevating Duke to a place in the ACC they hadn't been in decades and uh, producing NFL players, you know, almost every year now they're getting guys drafted. They had four guys drafted last April, even though they had these back-to-back terrible seasons, they had to NFL talent on it. So um, I say all that to, to kind of just encapsulate uh, the advancements he brought Duke football and what he showed was possible at Duke football. You know, they're not a program that's going to win eight, nine, 10 games a year, every year. That's, that's not possible at a school like Duke. You're going to have setbacks along the way, but you know, obviously they don't want to get back in the, the rut they're in now, but, but he showed that's possible to win and to compete you know, at, at the top of the ACC, even for just a brief little window there. Yeah, you go all the way back in his life. You know, Cutcliffe has the ties to Alabama, the Manning brothers coaching at, at Tennessee and then Ole Miss uh, for the years that he was there. But 14 years in Durham at Duke, such a long time to be somewhere. If you were to ask Coach Cutcliffe, what do you believe he would say? What did Duke mean to him? Well, it meant like uh, – uh, you know, the integrity of the school that he felt so comfortable at Duke, which is why all the times he was offered jobs to leave during those 14 years. Right. He didn't, he never came really close to, to leaving. And um, uh, it, when you really look at it deeply, uh, of course he had conversations, people came after him, Tennessee numerous times. There were other times, other schools that tried to lure him away. And, you know, he was so grateful to be at Duke, to work for Kevin White. He trusted him so much. Um, you know, uh, Cutcliffe's had, you know, heart issues in the past, right? His health. And he's, you know, he had access to world-class healthcare at Duke. Um, that, that would matter to him. You know, his daughter is now a senior at Duke, his youngest daughter, she's going to graduate in May. So, uh, it became, you know, the the place for his family and he felt so comfortable there that he didn't, he didn't want to go anywhere else. And so that's what it meant to him. Also, also it kind of gave him a better feeling about, being a head coach than what he went through at Ole Miss where, you know, he had those really good teams, right. And one losing season, he was gone. <laughs> you know, there was no, and this is an Ole Miss isn't, I mean, Ole Miss didn't have a history like Alabama, right? Where right. One losing season. Oh, God, we're gonna set the world <laughs> yeah. on fire. Right. <laughs> no, so, that's crazy. You know, that's what, that's what I think Duke meant to him. So after 14 years, Duke's got to go in a different direction. They need to find their next set football coach. Again, it's important we kind of timestamp all of this. So, Steve, if you will, what is the latest regarding the coaching search for Duke Athletics? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're down to um, – they've talked to, you know, a dozen or so people uh, initially, and uh, they've narrowed it down to a handful, uh, three or four maybe. Um, Tony Elliott's one of them. Uh, he, they interviewed him on Sunday down in Clemson. That's been well-documented by not me, but others. And uh, it looked like, you know, I know they liked him a lot. I know there's others they like too, Mike Elko at Texas a and It looks like as we speak on this podcast right now, as we record this, it looks like he's headed to Charlottesville, Tony Elliott I'm talking about. Um, so he's going to be elsewhere in the, in the ACC, it, it appears. Now, again, it's going to change. Yeah. Because it wasn't that way this morning, right? Right. We saw what <laughs> um, happened with Miami over the weekend. We know things exactly, change in a matter yes. of moments. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what it looks like. So let's kind of remove him just from the conversation sure. for a second based on that information. So now you're down to, I mean, I know that Mike Elko, uh, the te- defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, worked for Dave Clawson for 12 years at, at numerous spots, Bowling Green, Fordham, uh, Wake. 
went to Notre Dame for a year as defensive coordinator. And then he went to A&M with Jimbo Fisher. Uh, he's one of the highest paid coordinators in the country, about $2.1 million a year. David Cutcliffe made about $2.9 million, So that should tell you what we're right. talking about as far as money here. Um, but Elko played football at Penn. So he has an Ivy League background. Uh, Vincent Price, Duke's president, came from Penn. He was previously at Penn before he came to Duke. So um, the, the fact that Elko has an academic background is important to Duke uh, for sure. And he's coached you know, at a high level and done it successfully. I wouldn't say he's the, he's the number one guy right now, again, as we speak right now. Because I do know that, that Jason Garrett, uh, the former Cowboys coach, um, there's interest from him. Uh, right. To maybe, you know, he played football at Princeton, so he has an Ivy League background as well. No college head coaching experience, so that's the only knock against him. But from a Duke standpoint, if you're, if you're fans, you're trying to build a brand, you're trying to energize the program, that would do it, right? So He's I, known I, as the clapper after all. I mean, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Energy it's is hard to rule him out. Yeah. I just know that there's issues that, you know, that it's internally Duke may or may not work out, maybe, but, um, but I know that that there's interest. And, and so there's, as we go through this process, you know, I, without, uh, I, I, I'll talk as much as I can, but, you right. know, but um, that, that there's things going on there that, that may keep him. And he's gone up and down in the process too. He's early on. Uh, and then no, uh, maybe not. Oh, maybe now. So it's kind of one of those things. What is his affinity for Duke, Steve? I mean, Jason Garrett is someone that with Tony Romo has been spotted in Cameron Indoor Stadium before when he was the Giants offensive coordinator. He's watching the team, any trip they make to Madison Square Garden. I mean, he's followed Duke basketball wherever it's been. Is there – am I missing a connection to Duke? Well, he, he and Coach K have, have become really good friends. Okay. And, and um, when he came to Duke for those games and he brought Romo, you know, they, they – met with the team. They talked to, they watched practice, right. uh, kind of see how Duke does things, right? Basketball, you know, right. high level thing. And he's the coach of the Cowboys. They're two uh, brands in their sport, right? Yeah. Um, they can relate to each other. And then um, a few years ago, Coach K took his staff to Dallas. Okay. Uh, during, I think it was training camp or maybe one of the mini camps. Anyway, it was in the summer uh, off season for basketball. And they kind of watched how the Cowboys did things. So, that's that connection right there. And so for Jason Garrett to get a chance to come to Duke and work, I mean, even though Coach K is retiring after this year, but to be here as part of this, he, he has an appreciation for what Duke is and, and is very tight with Coach K. So if, again, if it could work out, there, there's, there's, some, there's a connection there for sure. It's one of the big first big hires that Nina King, the new athletic director for Duke, will be making. And obviously we're about a week away from signing day. So, Steve, timeline-wise – how critical is it to kind of go ahead and, and figure out who this next football coach is going to be? Yeah, I, I think from what I've been told, and again, you know, things change, but they, they like to have it done, you know, by this weekend. Um, maybe maybe a Saturday press conference, maybe, or, or not. Sure. Then at the latest, I would think. So, um, you know, again, Duke isn't in the recruiting world or coaching world competing against Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, you know, those type of programs. They're not going after the same kids. Right. They're not going after the same coaching candidates. So they're a little different. They don't have to adhere to everybody's schedule, but it would be better to have somebody in place by signing day. You know, so that's, that's kind of where they are. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game. The grand stage, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL 
is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends like Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more, plus accommodations at five-star L.A. hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. NetSuite, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash NCAA. Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer is joining us here on the program as we'll sort to transition to basketball. Also does the Believe in Duke podcast with Sheldon Williams. They've had their most recent episode out recapping the first eight games, which was a really fun listen uh, for those who haven't found it there. Great start to the year for Duke basketball going 7-0 and before that loss to Ohio State. What's been most impressive to you about this team so far, Steve? Uh, the way it plays defense is, number one, uh, what stands out. It's there every night, uh, even in the loss to Ohio State. They only give up 71 points. Right. You're going to win a lot of games only giving up 71 points in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, and that was, you know, one of the, you know, the, um, so that's what, you know, Gonzaga scored 81 on them, but they, that's Gonzaga. Right. <laughs> They're going to score a lot of points. So, yeah. So the defense is, is still there. The way they, you know, turn teams over and fuel the transition game uh, is very important. Because uh, you know Duke hasn't shot very well in the half court on in, in, in on offense, and that's another subject we can talk about. But uh, yeah, so the defense, the rebounding uh, defense on the perimeter, defense at the at the rim with Mark Williams and Theo John uh, has been strong and solid throughout, and that's something I think this team can hang its hat on. That is going to carry throughout the season, and so you can really build. That's a really strong foundation to build on. And then the outlier in the Ohio State game, I know that you guys did a great job recapping this. Was the season high in fouls? Like Duke hasn't been a basketball team that's going to commit as many fouls during games, which is just smart to be that disciplined to not put opposing teams at the free throw line. And against the Buckeyes, that Keed had a really good game inside and uh, found Mark Williams and Theo John in foul trouble. I know Sheldon on your podcast was making a good reference that there are things that Theo does really well that you wish you saw Mark Williams do a little bit more of and vice versa and that sort of thing. And that speaks volumes coming from a guy like Sheldon Williams. When I hear that, Steve, I said, you know what? He's on to something, I think, there. But, man, that interior defense really has been impressive despite the Ohio State game and sort of the bad second half that Duke had. For sure. And, that you know, when you have that on the back end, 
you know, guys up front can take chances to go after steals and because they know if somebody gets past them, somebody's there to stop them, right? And the last couple of years with Duke, that hasn't been the case. Mm-hmm. And even there's been teams before that uh, that, you know, giving up straight line drives to the basket was was a big problem for them um, throughout the last decade here. Uh, so, yeah, having a rim protector like that uh, and both of them, you got 10 fouls to go by there. You know, Mark and Theo can, can each have five fouls and and they used almost all of them against Ohio <laughs> State. They had nine in between them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, again, that's. Uh, as the year goes on and, and people are going to come at those guys, uh, you know, they're going to scheme and try to get them into foul trouble, but um, it, it's really nice to have that to, to lean on. Let's do a little bit more on the offense. Again, this is a Duke basketball team, seven and one on the season. The only team in the ACC currently ranked in the top 25, a little wild to think about given the run the ACC has been on over the past few decades. You look at Duke offensively though, really impressive season, so far from Wendell Moore Jr. and Paolo Bencaro on the offensive end? Big time. I mean, uh, the jump that Wendell Moore has made from last year to this year is so dramatic. Um, it's almost hard to believe. Like, he's playing like one of the top five, ten players in the country right now. Right. I mean, look at his, you know, he's had a triple-double. He, he, he's points, rebounds, assists every night. It's every night it's there. And making key plays, you know, down the stretch, Um key baskets that need, you know, the, the team needs, which, you know, frankly, in past years, he, he didn't do that. He, he came up short in those situations. So uh, that's a really good sign. Bancaro is going to be one of the top five players drafted, if not number one overall, I mean, I think for sure. Uh, just his skill set, the way he, you know, has that uh, that step back jumper, the hitting threes in transition. Uh, there, He's an NBA offensive player right now. And, um you know, I know he had a tough night against Ohio State and he's had some cramping issues. And I'm confident Duke's medical staff will get that under control. Yeah. But um, but those are two guys that are really, really playing at a high level and really better than anybody else in the ACC is playing right now. I can't get over the sports science that you see in college basketball these days. Really, college athletics in general, where you know, you're talking about Paolo Banquero. There's the report we hear during the game from Holly Rowe about seven pounds being lost per game from Paolo that they're able to study. We know Wendell Moore changing the way he runs to be more athletic and that sort of thing. It's wild to think the impact that that's having on basketball programs and Duke in particular. It's almost an advantage. It it totally is. Yeah. And and I think back to um, the first time I heard somebody had an underwater treadmill to to exercise on was back when Kyrie was coming back from his toe injury. And then two years later, when Ryan Kelly, if you remember Ryan Kelly, had a, had a broken foot during the 2013 season. Yep. And he came back faster than what we thought. And it's because he was using that underwater, you know, I mean, just it was an advance that Duke had that nobody else was really using. And it's, it's really stunning. And so, like Wendell, again, you talk about when you try to project somebody's improvement year over year, you expect some improvement, but this is such a, a dramatic, big improvement. That's because they totally broke down the way he ran and the way he he moved on the court. So that and uh, was just on a call with Nolan Smith earlier today, where he was talking about where that kind of plays itself out. Where in years past, when Wendell would go to the hoop uh, and he might get fouled or get bumped, and they would call the foul, he'd fire up a terrible shot and it would go out of bounds or whatever, be a turnover. Now he can get up there and kind of finish it, right, and get the three point play. And uh, and so just I mean, that's just one little example of it. 
I'll forever remember the Ryan Kelly game back against Miami, 36 points coming back from that injury. That's a, I hadn't thought about that in a while, but you bringing up his name brought good memories to mind. So I appreciate that. Uh, you that was doing quite that. a night. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And then on the Wendell front, I mean, it was early in this. He's got a put-back dunk right away in the Kentucky game right out of the gate. So it's like, this is pretty clear. This guy is way more athletic than we saw in years past. And then to be so efficient, too, shot selection – has been something that's been a little bit better for Wendell as well, I think. It is. I mean, it just, you know, he's he's seen he's getting good results, so he's playing with more confidence and it feeds on itself that way. Whereas, you know, he's had such up and down, you know, seasons the last two years with, you know, he made the great shot against Carolina to beat them uh, as a freshman. Right. right? Uh, and then as we had that, he's had other games where, again, we you know, see him fail at, at the end. Um, I think the Louisville game last year, uh, he, had, he had turnover in the last yep. 10 seconds. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, he's, he's getting consistent play. And so let's keep an eye on that, that it continues, you know, um, cause you know, I mean, it's eight games, not, not a small sample size. Right. But it's not the biggest. So, right. um, we got to see what happens on the next, you know, keep an eye on it. But, uh, I have no reason to believe now that he's, he's going to regress again. I think it sure. looks like he's got him on the right track. Our show today is brought to you by made in cookware made in produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made-in products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven, and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have 28,000-plus five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's Best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants across the world. Made in, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made in is offering listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made in products. Go to madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Made in. Better cookware for better meals. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your sports. Bet online where the game starts. Still more work to be done, of course. Three non-conference games before jumping into ACC play with the 20-game schedule that Duke has there in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer is joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils. What about Trevor Keel, Steve? This is someone that had just a monster game versus Kentucky, loved playing under the bright lights, it looked like, just watching him out there. But ever since, he just hasn't been as efficient. Is it a matter of shot selection? Is it a matter of just a bad run of luck as of late? What are you seeing when you watch number one out there for Duke? Yeah, he's he's not shooting with as much confidence, I think, because he's, again, had some shots missing, especially the last two games. You know, he really hasn't shot very well, particularly for three. And that's one thing I know that during this break, Duke is working on, not just with him, but with all their perimeter players, 
to get better shots in the half court, to make the drive and kick one, one extra pass to make a little more open shot, maybe not as rushed. Um, that I think is what's happened with Trevor. Listen, he's a, he's a strong-minded player. I was almost like a, a kid because it's a kid <laughs> to me, but he's an 18 year old. He's a strong-minded player. He's very confident. Um, so I don't anticipate this continuing. I think he's somebody who's I've seen enough of to know that he's worthy that in belief that he'll turn it around and kind of get it going and, 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 and uh, back to what the way he played against Kentucky, because he loves the, he loves the big spotlight. He's into that. Like that, yeah. that first game we saw it. And um, even against Gonzaga, even though he didn't shoot very well, he, he played pretty well defensively and did enough things to help him win. So that wasn't a complete failure by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, the shooting is what's is what is holding him back right now from being, you know, an all ACC player. Two weeks off for Duke coming back against South Carolina State, who's not a good basketball team. Duke should have no problems in that contest. But you look at these last three non-conference games going into ACC play. Have you heard anything in particular from the coaching staff as to what they're sort of looking for before you get into league play? Yeah, again, you know, the, the half-court offense improving that dramatically. Um, uh, you know, they want to continue to to pressure teams, um, turn them over, get you know, get fuel the transition game because that's how they've won. That's how they've started seven and one for the most part. Is their transition offense has been just spectacular, and um, particularly in the Gonzaga game when you're playing against another team that's really good, a really good passing team. They could take some lessons from Gonzaga as far as passing for that matter. I think <laughs> that's that's something they're not afraid to say, right? Gonzaga is an incredible team when it comes to ball movement and making the extra pass. So uh, Duke's got to do that for sure. And, um, you know, they can't let poor shooting on offense affect them on defense, which that, that for the first time happened in the second half against Ohio State when they, they shot so poorly and they shot, what, 23% in the mm-hmm. second half. And uh, uh, so they, they were a little bit, again, that's the end of the energy cycle, as Coach K likes to say. So they were a little bit out of gas. In the second half, they can blame some of that stuff on that, but they can't let bad offense affect the defense. So that, I know that's what they want to, uh, you know, lock in on that uh, for the next, you know, three games here: SC State, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland State, Appalachian before they hit Virginia Tech on the twenty-second. It is Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer. He's been joining us here today on the program. Make sure you check out his work, a Duke football coaching search. It's currently taking place. Basketball getting set to return to the hardwood. He's on Twitter at Steve Wiseman NC. And I really want people to check out the Believe in Duke podcast. It's awesome. It's Steve. It's Sheldon Williams, the landlord. We got to come up with a nickname for you, Steve, so we can have a little fun, the landlord and blank. (laughs) Compared to him, I'm definitely the tenant. (laughs) There we go. I like that. I like that. I like that. Tell folks a little bit about the podcast if they haven't heard it before. Yeah, yeah, believe in Duke. You can go to believe it's B L E A V. Believe uh, you can find it on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, all the all the places you find your pods. All the places you found this great pod <laughs> for sure. Just click on over and give us a listen every week too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad to be teamed up with Sheldon for that for that project. It's a lot of fun uh, having somebody who knows so much about Duke basketball from the inside, from the right. on the court. You know, I. I've covered it 10, 11 years now, so I know a lot about it, but I don't know some of the things Sheldon does from some of the rooms he's been in. Uh, so that he, he provides that perspective. And like this week, you know, he talked a lot about how Mark Williams can defend a little better, right? Mm-hmm. And we went in depth on that, which knowledge I wouldn't have. 
that he has really been. good to listen to. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk about that because it's a fun project for us. All right. The landlord and the tenant, make sure you check it out. It's uh, <laughs> otherwise known as believe in Duke. Steve, thank you again for the time today. This was a whole lot of fun. Thank you, JJ. Take care. That's Steve Wiseman joining us here on Locked on Blue Devils. Thanks again to Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer, the Durham Herald Sun, for joining us on the program today. Fun conversation with him. He's been on the show several times at this point. Make sure you check out his podcast with Sheldon Williams, Believe in Duke, and read his work because he's one of the best covering the Duke Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.